Reader's Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Good morning, everyone. It's Monday again, or Blur's Day, whatever day it happens to be if you're staying inside. <laughs> Today, I'm really excited. Everybody who listens to the show regularly knows that I love talking to debut authors because I can remember when my first book came out, and it was so exciting. And yet, when you're a debut author, you don't have a bunch of um, you know, readers who are, have already been checking you out. You really have to earn those readers. And so I get excited every time a debut author contacts me and says, can I come on the show? My answer is always, yes, come on, talk about your books. So today we have debut author Shannon Rogers on on the show. And you probably haven't read her yet, but if you like sci-fi, you should definitely go grab that book. So I'll read her bio here, and then I'll let you meet her. Shannon Rogers has finished many novels, but after taking some time off, she connected with talented and prolific author and friend C.G. Mosley, who had begun a sci-fi space opera trilogy and came up with the brilliant notion that Shannon could finish writing the rest of the story. And before she could blink, she was signing her first publishing contract for her co-authored book, the, space, the sci-fi space story titled Star Cruiser Titan II, The Abandoned Secret. When not writing, Shannon is reading, dancing, singing loudly in her car, playing with her dogs, obsessively watching makeup tutorials, song reactions, and dance choreography videos on YouTube, and searching Spotify and Pandora for the next brilliant artist and songs. She will then run around and shove in her friends' faces, demanding they listen. Shannon lives in Nashville, Tennessee with her husband and fur babies while butting into the lives of her adult son and daughter who tolerate it with exasperated sighs but genuine love. She also spoils her grandbabies. What more could you want? You can find out more at her website, and I did put a link to her website right there on the Blog Talk site. So feel free to click that anytime and check out her book. And also, I'm not sure if she has a newsletter yet, but if she does, be sure to sign up for that. And without any further ado, Shannon, you there? I am here. Yay! Welcome to Book Life. Congratulations on your first book. So much. It's been very exciting. Thank you for having me. So what? Oh, you're welcome. So what can you tell our listeners, all those readers out there, about Star Cruiser Titan 2? Why should they run out and buy it right now today? Well, I would say because this was really kind of a collaboration of love. Um, the original author, C.G. Mosley, had written the first book, which uh, it was very, very good and uh, gathered a following, and everyone was asking him, where's the sequel, where's the sequel? And he was like, I just, I'm going to try, I'm going to try, I'm going to try. And he started writing a little bit of it, and he told me, you know what, I just, I'm not sure that I really want to finish this, or I don't know where I'm going with it. Why don't you take it? So I took it, I plotted it, I finished it, and it turned into something that, to me, was something I had never tried before, so if you want to see someone who has never tried their hat at sci-fi before, then definitely come and, and take a look at it because it, it's something new and different for me. I'd never written anything like it before, and I found that I really loved it, and it was just a niche for me that I fell into. And, of course, being 
a romance writer at heart. I had to interject a little bit of romance into the story as well. So hopefully people <laughs> will enjoy that. <laughs> so what is what is happening on the Star Cruiser Titan 2? Is there still Earth? How far in the future are we? We are pretty far into the future. Um, we have gotten the Star Cruiser Titan out of uh, their galaxy, and they have met up with some aliens, some alien civilizations, and they're trying to figure out how to keep the big bads away so that way they can get home because they're kind of stuck where they are. Uh, they've been cut off, so to speak, on a way of getting home. So they have to kind of figure that out, and they're doing lots of little uh, fighting up in space with the bad enemy, and uh, there's a little bit of romance here and there to kind of mix in for downtime and and uh, just to kind of keep our readers uh, intrigued and on the characters. So they're they're definitely uh, got their work cut out for them. Oh, I love it. And do you have, is, is does this take place like in our galaxy? Do you have our planets or is this like some other, you know, like Star Wars, a galaxy far, far away? This is other. It's not quite far, far, far away, but it's definitely outside of our realm. And off okay. into an area where other civilizations live and they've run into quite a few other types of uh, of beings out there, so... Some friendly, some not. So this is definitely outside of our norm and, and beyond where we would uh, be able to see with any kind of telescope. And are there humans in the book, or is everybody alien races? Um, there are humans. So the Star Cruiser Titan is populated with humans, so they're all from Earth. And uh, they end up caught in with a group of aliens. They make first contact, and they are very humanoid. Um, and they are asked in the first book to, hey, help us out. We've got something going on here, and we'll build a gate where you can get into our area, and if you'll get there and help us with this, then we'll help you get back home. And turns out that things don't go quite according to plan. What? <laughs> <laughs> but nothing goes according to plan in a book, does it? You're supposed to make it worse and worse right? and worse. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. When I give workshops on those dark moments, it's like, keep making it worse. <laughs> yes. Somebody once told me, paint them into a corner, write yourself into a corner that even you don't know how to get out of. And there you go. You've got, you're on the right track. Exactly. Yeah. Writing's not supposed to be easy. <laughs> not at all. So it's, it's so definitely a did, universe playlist. Oh, good. Well, how did you and C.G. Mosley hook up? I mean, your your background is in romance, right? But are you a big sci-fi reader? Is that how you met him, or how did that all happen? I, Yes, I am a fan of, of certain sci-fi. I had never actually read any military sci-fi before. Um, I am a huge fan of um, Amy Kathleen Ryan's uh, Glow series. I loved that. I'm a huge fan of Vera Nazarian's The Atlantis Grail series. Um, and then Beth Rebus, I think, just literally wrote the book on sci-fi romance for me, which was the Across the Universe series. And I, I follow quite a few of, of those types of more sci-fi romance type stories. 
Um, the way I met CG was really kind of funny. Uh, we had a common interest in a reality show and ended up both kind of joining a chat room with a bunch of other people that wanted to talk about this show. And we just kind of kicked off a friendship. And only later, after we'd known each other for several months, did we actually discover that we had writing in common. And I found out that he was actually a multi-published author. Yeah, and I found out he was a (laughs) multi-published author and and had a lot of great books out there. And and then from there, it just kind of took off. It morphed into a writing partnership. Wow. So what was the reality show? Big Brother. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yep. We love we love Big Brother. And we still are all friends, all of us who had, had joined that group. We I think we all met back in shoot, August of twenty eighteen. And uh, we're all still friends today, so it, it was definitely a very fruitful meeting. Yeah, and did when you were writing the book or when you finished it, it did you ever give it back to um, to CG to you know read it through? How how did the co-authoring process work? Oh, absolutely. So he had begun the the beginning of the had started the story, I should say, and um, for the second one. And he'd written several chapters into the beginning of the book. And I kept telling him, you've got to finish this book. Your your people on your reviews are, are asking for a, a sequel. And he was like, yes, yes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And so I kept pushing him to do it. And he finally came to me one day and he said, Shannon, he said, you know, I really love to read these. And I wanted to try to love to write them, but it's just not for me. My niche is over here. Why don't you take it and you do it? And I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, and I didn't know if I could do that because, you know, you're taking a world and characters created by someone else initially and trying to make them your own. So that was a little challenging. And so I just basically interviewed him. And I said, okay, tell me everything that you thought of when you thought of these characters. And I just made just copious notes. And I would say, okay, well, well, what did you envision for this person? What kind of personality did you want them to have? And I just kind of interviewed him about the characters. And then I sat down and plotted out the rest of the book and did like a little chapter outline and showed it to him. And he said, this is great. I can't believe you tied it up all in one book. If you wanted to, you could still have a third. And I was like, yeah, I kind of left it open for that, you know. But theoretically, if I wanted to end it at two, I could, you know. And But, you know, good readers will be able to pick out the thing that I left, you know, for the third one. But as I would finish a chapter, I would email it to him. He would read it, and he would write back and, and tell me his thoughts. And, and it just kind of went until I finished the whole thing. That's how we did it. Oh, that's so cool. And so did that, did that um, give you uh... – I mean, that must have been like a huge learning experience, right? Did that give you a whole new feel for sci-fi, having a sci-fi author, you know, give you feedback on your chapters? It really did. He would definitely interject some wonderful thoughts here and there and tell me, you know, I I can see this happening this way or this way, and I like where you went with this, but have you thought about trying that? And so that was very helpful to me, and it just kind of – opened my eyes to, you know, yeah, you've loved reading these sci-fi stories, 
you can actually write one, and this is really good, and I enjoyed it so much that I thought, hey, this is my spot. This is my niche. I really love sci-fi. And it was just, it's just sort of a, an area where you can, I don't want to say make it up as you go along, because you do have to kind of think about technology and what can possibly be possible in the future. But right. it really kind of gives you license to explore your mind and, and just kind of think outside the box of what what a world could possibly be that you create, you know. So it was really very right. opening and it really helped me to come up with where I had wanted to try to find a space that was right for me. Because I think that was part of my problem for so, so many years trying to write is I just could not find the right subgenre for myself. And this one was it. It just clicked. I love it. And and you're still writing one more book in this, right? It's a trilogy, The Star Cruiser Titan? Yes. I am going to write one final book. I did leave a small at – at the time that I finished writing the second one, I wasn't quite sure if I would be doing a third. Um, but I left myself a tiny little opening where if I wanted to, then I could. And I've since made up my mind that I definitely will. Um, because there have oh, been reviews, you know, from people who have said, oh, I'd love to see more of this. So I thought, mm, okay, I'm going to have to go ahead and, and finish that for sure. So, yeah, there will be a one final book to this. Great. And do you see yourself um, writing more sci-fi romance? Is that the kind of romance that you want to write in the future? I I definitely do. Um, I'm, in fact, working on something right now that is a sci-fi romance that is a little bit of a departure from space. It's not quite in space, but it's still sci-fi. And it's going to have a lot more romance in it. I did interject romance into uh, Star Cruiser Titan, too, because that's just, it's just me. I had to do it. Um, but <laughs> this will be more full, full-fledged sci-fi romance that I'm going to be doing. Um, and I've already started to get, I'm at the point where I'm about to start writing at this point. So I've done all my research. I've, you know, I've done all my pre-planning. I'm, I'm kind of a planter, so I'm somewhere in between planning and a pantser, you know. Um, I've done all of that, and I'm, I'm ready to kind of get going on the writing at this point. So I'm excited. Oh, very cool. Well, I'm excited for you, too. That sounds great. And I write paranormals, so I get the whole, you know, the world building is so fun because you can make things up. But occasionally you you do have to be, you know, certain that you don't break your own rules. And so occasionally you write yourself into, you know, you're like, why did I make that rule that, you know, for me, like I made yes. my werewolves can only shift during the full moon. And there have been times where I'm like, why did I do this? If they could only turn <laughs> into a wolf now. Um, <laughs> but have you found yourself right. in conundrums like that with your sci-fi? Yes, actually, I have, because if there's one thing that I've learned very quickly, it's that sci-fi readers are very smart, and they know they're sci-fi. So if you're mentioning, you know, light speed, then you better know what you're talking about. You know, you better have put your research in, because they will call right. you on it in a heartbeat. So you definitely have to have done all of your research and have your ducks in a row and know what you're talking about and kind of stay within strictures of what you know is 
possible, but at the same time be able to have that freedom of movement to put in some creative license as well. But making a clear, hey, I'm using creative license here, so bear with me, people, you know. Right, right. So we just discovered this brand new secret that will solve that problem, but it's really real. (laughs) (laughs) So... So every time I have sci-fi writers on, I always have to ask, is, do you like better Star Wars or Star Trek? Because I can really tell the difference between the sci-fi because Star Wars is more, you know, magical sci-fi and, and the force and all that, whereas Star Trek is very, you know, it, it's um, very scientific sci-fi where, you know, this is how this could work and all that kind of thing. So for you, which, which one is your favorite? I like them both, but I do have a favorite, and it is Star Wars, for sure. And oh, okay, you're, you're and Star Wars right. has more romance, too. Yes, it does, and you're so right about there being a difference in the way those realms are treated and how they come across uh, in the story, um, one being very scientific and then the other you know being a little bit more magical and otherworldly so um i guess i'm drawn more to the star wars side but uh, i think i saw that movie when it first came out when i was a kid and i've been a fan ever since so yeah definitely star wars for me yeah i can remember um again i i always use star wars for my dark moments workshop because that has that moment when Obi-Wan looks over at Luke and turns off his lightsaber and gets cut down. (laughs) I guess every time I think about that scene, I'm instantly seven years old and my gum is falling out of my mouth because he was our only hope. They told us the whole movie, Obi-Wan, you're our only hope. Like, yeah, what? I know. (laughs) My first taste of being hurt by a dark moment. (laughs) Yes, yes. I was sitting there going, no, fight, dude, fight. <laughs> yeah, what's happening? <laughs> but but I think that that really, that, that made the whole Star Wars thing work because that's really the moment that all of us were all in. What? <laughs> right. But then, the you know, it just hit me, though, the, the book, the first uh, movie was called A New Hope, so that I wonder if that was kind of an irony to uh, the fact that they kept referring to him as the only hope, and then of course right. Luke Skywalker comes across and he's the new hope. So he's the new hope, right? Yeah, he yeah. And, and Leia, who we didn't know was his sister. I'm giving all the spoilers, right. but it's a really old movie. You all should have watched it by now. <laughs> yeah, if there's anybody on the planet who hasn't seen it, then. There, there might not be any hope. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, there is no hope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so as a debut author, what has been your biggest learning curve through this? Um, honestly, it, it it didn't have anything to do with the writing. It's more, what do you do after you finished it, and how do you get people to know that it's out there? Um, that that's really been the biggest thing for me is to, okay, I got to turn off the creative brain here for a little bit. And now I got to go into the, the left figure out, okay, now this is a business. So I've got to make sure that, right. know that this is out there and how do I tell them, you know? So then you're thinking, okay, social media, newsletters, website, you know, 
and um, learning how to kind of make sure people know that you're there, know that the book is there, um, get readers involved, you know, and, and just kind of network and make friends. Uh, so that was right. definitely something a little bit more challenging for me because I hadn't been into that piece of it yet. And my publisher um, is doesn't do a whole lot of promotion um, for debut authors or any authors. I, I think that's kind of true across the board, really. But um, you really have to get yourself out there and push for yourself and um, – really do everything that you can to get your name and get your book out there for people to see, you know, because you know, it's no good re- writing a book if nobody gets to read it or, or whatnot. It could defeat right. the purpose, though. That was definitely a, right. a big learning curve for me. Lots of research. Right, yeah. And and for the readers who are listening, I give this lecture all the time, but I'm just going to do a short version. But you all have to run out and get the book right away because – I know, I know I have done this as a reader in the past. I don't anymore. I go buy that book right away because publishers are just looking at numbers. And so if the people who are waiting for the whole trilogy to be done before I read the whole thing. And the problem is if nobody buys book two, then the publisher goes, well, I can't really see putting out book three. And then the, <laughs> the readers are like, wait, there's no book three. So, um, right. so definitely if you're listening out there, you know, go buy book one and two, because that is what determines if you get a book three. So, so you got to support the books as they come out, even if you wait to read them till the very end. That's very true. And I will add to that and say that it, this is a unique situation too, in the sense that, like I said, this could be a standalone second sequel here if people are one of the, those types of people that like to wait and read the whole thing at the end. You'd be okay if you stopped on two and if you had to wait on three because everything is is kind of tied up where it would need to be uh, with just a tiny little opening. So um, if they wanted to, it'd be like a standalone if they if they liked it that way. And it, could they jump in on this book, on book two, or should they read book one first? Oh, they definitely need to read book one, for sure. Um, okay. C.G. Mosley did a really good job on book one. It's a really good book. It lays the foundation perfectly. Um, it's it's definitely a must-read before you and, and, of course, it doesn't end all nice and tied up and above. There are cliffhangers, so... You know, you theoretically you could come in and start reading book two, but you'd be lost as an Easter egg. You really need to have the foundation of book one for sure. Okay, that's fair. And <laughs> and what do you what are you working on next? Are you working on the third book right now, or are you working on something different? I'm working on something a little bit different. Um, it is a sci-fi romance, but it is set far into the future, not horribly far, the year 2056, and this is a lit RPG romance, so it's about a virtual game world, and um, there is a, uh, trying to come up with a summary off the top of my head here, Uh, the developer of the world's first fully submersive virtual reality game uh, works for a company that is using his technology, which is a special branch of computer technology, 
to siphon off people's thoughts and use them however they want to try to rule the world. And he discovers what they're doing and knows he has to shut them down. And unfortunately, they have sent an assassin after him to prevent him from being able to uh, do that. And, of course, the assassin is a woman. So you can kind of see where that's going to go. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but she's not the only one unbeknownst to them. So Um, it's uh, definitely a little bit different than anything I've tried before. I'm very excited. I had to do a lot of research on that, you know, of what's possible right now in the gaming world. What do they look, you know, what, what does it look like they might possibly be able to do in five years, ten years? And then from there, I just kind of let my imagination go wild and say, okay, what about 30, 40 years from now? You know, what could I create that would be different? So um, that's uh, been an interesting experience for me to create something like that. I'm going to write that one first, and then I'm going to come back to the Space Trilogy and finish that off. Oh, very cool. So I have to ask, because I just watched the first episode, but have you watched Upload on Amazon Prime? I have not, but I have it on my radar to watch, for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely, because I'm definitely a fan of that type of show. Yeah, well, it's been fascinating so far. I just watched the first episode, but but your virtual game world made me think of it because they they basically if you're if you're dying, you can be uploaded into this, you know, virtual heaven kind of thing and so that your consciousness doesn't die and you're but you're basically, you know, it's that same kind of concept. You're stuck in a in a virtual game, a virtual reality. Um Right. So it's very, it's very interesting, and there's I you know the to... added twist that he was a coder before and now he's in there you know so anyway it's I, I'm I'm very I... intrigued but I bet you would like it. Oh yeah, I definitely uh, have been keeping my eye on it, and I do want to watch it, but I wanted to get past my plotting stage before I did because I didn't want to be inadvertently. Um, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, kind of influenced by anything else. Right. So um, right. I, I had it on my radar to watch, but I was waiting to watch it until after <laughs> I finished plotting. <laughs> there you go. Well, when you finally get to watch it, you'll have to message me and let me know your thoughts. <laughs> I'll we'll do that. I will definitely do that. <laughs> so um, for – for the people who ha- are maybe thinking about writing, I always ask the authors um, what their writing journey looked like because it's different for everybody. And I know um, from reading on your website that you, you've been writing since you were a little kid, but what was your actual writing journey like to getting published? How has that looked for you? Well, I um... – started, like you said, as a little kid, I began writing. I did poetry, short stories, started some novels, didn't finish them. It was in my 20s before I actually finished my first novel. I joined Romance Writers of America and went to every workshop and conference that I could go to, um, really trying to hone my craft. And I got very close multiple times to the point where editors were sending me revision letters, and and then in the end they just ended up passing. And um, I had an event happen in my life that kind of derailed me a little bit, and 
and uh, some years went by, and I just I didn't have the writing bug at that time because there was so much going on. And this was just uh, really great timing to kind of reawaken um, my desire to write again because when I met CG, um, it just kind of started out as a, well, hey, let me read some of your work. You know, what's your work in progress right now? I'll read it. I'll edit it for you, you know. And uh, so I offered to do some line edits for him. And in the process of helping him do that, all of a sudden I started to have this, gosh, you know what, I'm oh, writing. Yay. I want to write. So it just kind of happened from there. And, and I guess it just goes to prove the point that it's never too late. And if that is your dream, you need to pursue it, you know, whenever you can. Right. I love that. That's that's awesome. I love that story. And it also is, you know, sometimes we work so hard thinking that the time is now and then later it appears, you know, you did all your homework early and now it's time. And so, you know, it's it, you're right. It's never too late. Yes, absolutely. So we're quickly running out of time, and before the show's over, how can readers connect with you? Well, um, I guess the easiest way would be to go to my website. I have a social media page on my website, all of the different places that you can follow me. Um, The best place to follow me is to, um, well, actually follow me everywhere, but (laughs) the best thing would be to join my (laughs) newsletter. And uh, there is a link there for my MailChimp to sign up and uh, become a part of the newsletter. So I send out a newsletter every Friday, and I often include, um, you know, plugs for other people's books, sci-fi and other types of books, uh, to let people know what I found that I thought was great. And uh, because I like to spread the love around, and that would be the probably the best place to to do it is to, instead of telling them to go to all these different places just go to my website and go to the social media page perfect and i put a link to shannon's website right there on the block talk site so click over there and sign up thanks so much for being here shannon and good luck with your first book thank you so much lisa i so appreciate coming on thanks for joining us on book Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.